Welcome to the Infinite Podcast. I'm Kira Nimbus, and this is my co-host, Daka. Howdy. We're focused on the casual nature of the game and talking about experiences with all that's new. This week, we'll be covering a lot of stuff. We have the August patch notes that happened near the beginning of the month, the OTA changes that have swept across the meta, the uh, new PC launch, which was ginormous, the Twitch drops, and, of course, all the new cards that are coming out in the new season. It's really exciting. Uh, but before we get to that, Taka, how how is your time in Marvel Snap? Uh, we do have an announcement for the podcast, but before we get to that, how are you doing? Doing pretty great. Grinding my soul away, enjoying the game, building new decks all the time, loving the new cards. And listeners, I, I'm going to be frank with you, okay? I called this the Infinite Podcast. Not because I didn't think we could get to Infinite, but because that's not the point of this podcast. And you know what, Daka? Do you want, you want, do you want to tell them something? I think it'd be better if you did. Okay. Daka hit Infinite. Yes, hold your applause. It's incredible feat done only by Daka. Uh, I'm not Infinite. <laughs> uh, but I, he, he made it with the uh, negative surfer list. He kicked butt, took names, and uh, he's now in that elite club. But I don't think it's I don't think it's that important to the integrity of this podcast, especially because you haven't earned an infinity ticket from Conquest, as far as I know. Well, um, I might have five infinity tickets sitting in my Conquest right now. But you haven't beaten that yet. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Once you once you do that, uh, I will have to kill you. But until then, um. Uh, we'll be safe. So, yeah. Uh, and speaking of other announcements for, th- for the podcast, um, uh, we're going to move to a monthly release schedule. And just like the Infinaut, we're going to have to skip a few weeks before we drop a big podcast episode uh, every month. Uh, so you can expect longer episodes, um, but we'll be doing it at the end of the month. So that way we have lots and lots to talk about. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an epic journey. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, we're also going to uh, be revealing our new logo. I, I'm sure that if you're already watching this, you've seen it. Uh, it, it it's awesome. I, I love it a lot. And uh, the artist that we commissioned was extremely friendly about it. Uh, so yeah, uh, my week uh, in Marvel Snap, or my weeks in Marvel Snap, has uh, has been really crazy, personally. Uh, between the, the new Twitch drops and the PC launch and all that, uh, uh, my content has uh, has been really awesome. Um, I will say, I, I have had some trouble on ladder more recently, but I, it might just be because I'm bad. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, so, without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, August patch notes that came out um, near the uh, beginning of the season. Um, we did talk about, you know, some of the the changes, but I don't think we talked about all of them. So, uh, Cable, uh, got changed pretty drastically, uh, so that he, you know, pulls the top card of your opponent's deck instead of the bottom because of that, you know, America Chavez change. Uh, Magic made it so that you can play her after her effect and she doesn't just stay stuck in your hand. Mr. Negative, um, has cards capped at a maximum of six cost, so if your death got flipped, you could still technically play her. Um, uh, Rogue had some like minor change, and honestly, the biggest change to me 
was Spider-Man. So Spider-Man was changed from a 5-4 that made it so that your opponents can't play a card. And it was changed into uh, a 3-5 with the ability to move to another location and pull an enemy card from here to there. Uh, the only other minor change, I, I think, was the Thing, who made it so he afflicts three random enemy cards with negative one power instead of one card with minus three power. Uh, so, with all that being said, Daka, uh, what do you think about this 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 patch, uh, the beginning of the month? Um, uh, and do you personally feel the effect of any of the changes? I have. Um, I've noticed a lot less Spider-Man. Well, I don't know. I still see a lot of Spider-Man, but I'm not wanting to rip my hair out when I'm playing against a Spider-Man now. It's yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah. Um. Um. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Um. As a Mister Negative enjoyer, do you personally find that you play decks with the you know the huge cost cards? Did that affect uh, change anything for you? Yeah. Um. I've been running a. A, like big card negative deck um that's been really fun um i've been running like I, I guess like the big combo in it is long black panther mm -hmm. um but you know i also have a lot of other big cards in it um and it's been pretty good i mean i i just like mr negative as a character uh and luckily i really really enjoy how he plays in the game and he's also really strong um but yeah more more reasons for me to play Mr. Negative is always a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I do I do like that change. It's just a quality of life thing that I think is really going to help. And the same thing with Magic. You know, I, what, one of the weirdest parts about her is it, it wasn't explicitly explained in her text, but after her effect had passed by turn 5, you couldn't play her on turn 6. Um, mm -hmm. Now, she's a 3-2, so I don't know how often you're going to win by playing a 3-2 on turn, you know six or seven but you can now uh if you're really desperate for points you can you can slam her down and then the last thing uh that uh you know is really notable to me was the cable change because before he was just a america chavez card draw uh which you know is a little rough but uh, he was changed so that he now pulls the top card of your opponent's deck which is useful you know it gives you information on your opponent's deck and you can prevent them from drawing something that might be important to their game he's plan. a more he's just a more consistent manis yeah yeah i think so um and uh and yeah for me uh, i have seen um a couple of like pro players put together this really wacky move deck that has spider-man and silk and craven and it just it just slams points on the board um uh so i i haven't actually like looked through the entirety of that list but i think i get the gist right you're just you're, you're putting cards down that move frequently and spider-man is now kind of like a he, he's not he's not better or worse than juggernaut or um uh stegron he's just different um he, he's a new flavor yeah like steg like like they all serve technically different purposes right so stegron tries to get you ahead in a lane by moving a card out um uh while keeping his power there juggernaut tries to deny any cards being played at that location on that turn so obviously plays with storm are very good or if there's a location that's about to close that's also very good because uh, it moves all the cards there. And Spider-Man, very specifically, moves one other card from that location and himself to a new one. Um, so it's like a, a weird in-between, I think. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think I think those are all the uh, the big changes there. Um, and then, obviously, the, the 
The second most exciting thing to come out of that was uh, the reveals for the Loki season cards, which are coming very, very soon as of the release of this podcast. Uh, We're recording this at the end of the month on the 31st. We have four days and an hour. Four days and an hour for the new season. Uh, You can expect a lot of crazy stuff. Um, But uh, before we got to that part, uh, I did want to go over the cards that came out this month and sort of... Give our opinion on where where we think the cards are at. Uh, so, for this season, for the August season, uh, we had uh, Lady Deathstrike, uh, Dakin, X-23, and last but not least, Silver Samurai, who came out more recently. Uh, I'll let you go first. Um, Dakin, what, what, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how do you feel Dakin um rates as a card as a card i'm gonna say i'd probably give him an eight he's i find that he's typically consistent um as long as you know you're running him in a destroy or a discard deck which shouldn't really run him anywhere else right Um, but he's just he's a three eight effectively and i mean I don't know, it's just, it's really nice to just have a 3-8 in your back pocket, and if there are locations like um, Bar Sinister or uh, Sinister London, in any time you can get multiple, uh, oh man, what are they called? Mishimura Shards? Muramasa Shards, yeah. Oh, Muramasa Shards, yeah. Uh, Anytime that you can get multiple of those down, or it's just, it's wild. Yeah, no, I was going to give him a 7. I think... I think that he's not essential to a deck, but he is good. Um, I find that, you know, his most... Uh, the easiest place to put him is in a discard deck, because if you have Modok, which discards your entire hand anyway, making your hand a little bigger to buff up your Morbius and buff up your your Daken is just an, an easy dis- decision to make. Um and then obviously he pairs well with Absorbing Man. I personally had a huge amount of success with my list. Uh, whenever I played, you know, discard for a mission, I'm choosing my my Dakin list just because it's so so consistent. Um, uh, and I think uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, a three eight is just kind of okay, right? Uh, if you're going for power, then it's it's extremely important. But right now, you know, I feel like the game is is so hingent on abilities. And Magneto is really popular right now, and I find that when I'm playing a discard deck, my Dracula, my my Dakin, um, those cards usually get pulled to one lane, and that's that's a little unfortunate. That's that's the most I can say about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I might be shrouded by the fact that I really like um, Dakin as a character, but I also run Destroy a lot. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. Like him in a Deadpool Destroy list is it's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'd it's imagine. Nice. Well, speaking of uh, Deadpool Destroy, I guess we could talk about X-23 next, and I'll go first this time. Go for it. Mostly because I don't have the card. I decided to save my caches for this month. I'm really excited about the September cards. Um, so my, my description is going to be pretty brief. I think that you might have more experience than me. For me personally, the card seems like seems like a six. And what I mean by that is it it didn't like destroy the game and be as crazy as I thought it would, but it's just good. And the decks that it's good in. So that's personally what what I feel. What, what how about you? I'd say X twenty three is either a seven or an eight. Um, I got her out of the last cash I possibly could for her. Okay. Um, yeah. But when I got her, um, I played her in uh, my Deadpool list, which I just 
it's so it's so nice just constantly having a free Deadpool every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, that way that you can focus more on your cards that you know just destroy. Um, it's really nice, and especially because I think the weekend that she came out, the the location for the weekend was I don't remember the name of it, but it's uh, the altar. The one that it oh, destroys and it gives you energy. Yeah, no, no. Is it Altar of Death? Yeah, I think that's the one where oh, you put okay. a card there, it's destroyed, and you get plus two energy. Yeah, yeah. So you can play her and Deadpool into that over and over. You can throw down Bucky Barnes into it, and you're just getting so much free energy. I had null out on, like, turn three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds insane. <laughs> and I've also been running her in um, my Silver Samurai list. Where Ooh, she's okay. also been an absolute gem. Yeah, no, I we can talk about Silver Samurai next uh, because yeah. I, again, I I don't have the card. I wish I did. I truly wish I did. But in this game, right now, with the way that the economy is going, you got to make decisions. You got to make choices on what you want. And so I chose this month to skip Silver Samurai. At some point in the future, I might be able to snag him somewhere. Um, but, uh, but, uh, I think Silver Samurai is just a better Moon Knight in pretty much every circumstance. Like, yes, Moon Knight is cheaper, but you're, but for four power, you're getting the, the four or five stat line. You can be very selective on the cards you discard, and obviously it buffs up your stature, which you really can't complain about. Uh, so for me, I'd probably give him, I don't know, I'd give him an eight. Like, he's, he's just good at what he does. I, I think... Especially, I've seen some people go for the crazy Wong combos, and you just delete the other player's hand, and then you have a handful of swarms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's just evil to me. But uh, what did you? What do you think? What would you rate him? So, I was very torn about if I wanted to use my Spotlight Cash this week. I was thinking about it. I don't really care about the Kitty Pride variant, but I do really want uh, Spider-Man 2099, and I also really want... Uh, Silver Samurai, but it was funny because going into the season, looking at all the cards, I thought that I would like him the least Mm -hmm. out of all the cards, and I am absolutely in love with the Silver Samurai list that I have going. Um, It's it's so much fun, and it lets me run crossbones, and I always love uh, running crossbones. Um, and being able to discard Silver Samurai, and I also run Dakin in, in the list, or not being able to discard Silver Samurai, being able to discard X-23 or Dakin's Shard with Silver Samurai is really yeah. nice. Buff Stature, I also run Moon Girl so I can duplicate it. <laughs> it's It's really fun, and I've been tearing up the ladder with it. Yeah, no, it it definitely sounds like it. Um, I think, like I said, I think he's just, he's good at what he does, man. And I think that he's also extremely consistent um, in comparison to some of the other cards here, right, that may require a little bit more enabling to happen. You can run Silver Samurai in, like, just your typical discard list, or you could run him as a tech card against Iron Mans and Draculas and the like. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's really interesting. Um, and with that, it leads us to our last card of the, uh, August season, and that's Lady Deathstrike. Now, uh, I'll let you go first on this one. I, I don't remember if you said you got the card or not. Uh, Lady Deathstrike is the only card that I did not get this season. Okay. Um, but based off of just what I've seen going around, I think Lady Deathstrike is good at countering... Cards like Iron Man or um, like Iron Man, Mystique, Wong, things like that. 
Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I think she's just more of a fun pick for like, you know, if you want to make the world's biggest lady death strike and then throw her in a lane and then maybe Arnim Zola her later or something. Sure. <laughs> but I, I'd probably give her a six out of 10 where she has good uses and she also has a really good fun side, but I don't think she's game breaking by any means or anything super, super crazy. So here's the thing. Uh, last podcast, I think we talked about just how excited I was about for Lady's Deathstrike, right? Um, a little bit. Uh, just a smidge. And you know what? I think that she lived up to the hype, okay? I, f- I freaking love this card. And I'll tell you why. Nobody's playing her, okay? Nobody is expecting you to come in and destroy their Morbius lane or, you know, take out uh, their bounce lane or whatever. Nobody nobody is counting for Lady Deathstrike. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little later, but she did also get a little bit of a power boost. So, you know... Forge, especially, is really relevant right now in the game. Nakia pairs really well with her. I've been destroying a lot of stuff, and I think especially when paired with um, uh, our main man, Shadow King, um, I think that she's incredible. Uh, But that being said, I recognize that I'm in the minority of enjoying this card, mostly because... um, a lot of decks right now either have lockdown or, you know, if they are building up power, it, it very quickly outscales uh, Lady Deathstrike. So you have to be very tactical with the way that you use her. And I think for that reason, I'll give her a solid 7 out of 10 for me personally. I feel like she's better to use than not in most of the uh, decks that I build with her. Uh, she's incredible disruption, and she works well with cards like Sentry or... Um, uh, uh, the hood, or you name it. I, I think that she she does an excellent job there. Um, so, uh, with that out, uh, out of the way, I think we can talk about the Loki season. Uh, it's going to come out very, very soon, and we're going to do a similar thing, uh, but we're going to, to rate out of 10 based off of first impressions. Uh, so, let's go ahead and start with Loki. So, right now, what we know about Loki is what we have from the data mines. Uh, he's going to be a 3-5 with the on reveal, replace your hand with cards from your opponent's starting deck, give them minus one cost. I'm personally going to rate this. I'm going to rate it a 5 out of 10. I think I'm going to do that. And it, it, the reason I say that is because other than some dino decks, maybe, I just, I don't see the the unlimited potential of this card. I just feel like playing with your opponent's cards is a gamble, and it may or may not work out for you. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think of Loki? Uh, I, he is a 3-5, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy 3-5 stat line. Yeah, it's solid. I think he has some interesting uses, but I don't think that he's really going to see too much play. With that said, I'm a maniac, <laughs> so I'm probably going to play this card a lot. You know, it's a so fun card. Me, I'm probably going to give him, like, a 7. A 7? A okay. 7. Okay. I, you know what? I'll, I, I'm going to be excited to see what people do with this card. Um, I, I think the, the key thing here, I think, when talking about Loki is the fact that he replaces your hand. He's not adding to your hand like a moon girl or something. 
he is replacing your hand with cards from your opponent's starting deck. Uh, but I, I think the discount is a, a pretty appealing. If you made a deck that had, like, you know, White Queen, Cable, and Morph, and you were just trying to copy your opponent but better, maybe. Maybe I could I could see this card being played. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be some crazy lists that just slam out cards. Maybe you play this in a deck that wants to put out a lot of cards on the board. I mean, you know me. I love my Dazzler. So maybe maybe there's a place there or something. Um, sp- speaking of, we alluded to it earlier, Alioth. Alioth is now a 6-5. Uh, apparently he's been changed in the data mines. Uh, he's a 6-5 uh, with the on reveal, destroy all enemy cards played here this turn, including unrevealed cards. He's a big juggernaut. We'll start with you this time. What what do you think about Alioth? So I know some people that have said that they think this card is going to be crazy. Just really, really, really insanely good. I don't think that he is going to be that big of a problem. 6-5 stat line. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit before. I think Kier said it the best. At his best... He's as strong as a good Galactus play. At his worst, he does nothing for you because you have to be ahead, really, for him to have any sort of value. Mm-hmm. Although I think his outside of in-game plays, his biggest plays are probably going to be in um, or are going to be ramp plays, like. Wave oh sure him. yeah but at the same time if, like if you're doing that with a wave you're only getting rid of one card and you have to you know guess right <laughs> out yep. of the three lanes yep so i think he's going to be a fun card to mess around with i know i'm definitely going to be interested in wanting to see what all i can do with him so for me i'm gonna say an eight Ooh, okay. Because I think th- I think the potential is there, and I'm sure the times when you can calculate and guess right, it's going to be monumental, massive. But those moments might be far and few between. You know, I'm I've been really debating this in my head. At first, when you look at him at at his at his base, he's a win more card. You know what I mean? Like. I actually enjoy crossbones. I think turn two Zabu into turn three crossbones is a good combo. But the caveat is that if you're not winning your lane, you can't play crossbones. That's that's his text. And I almost feel like Alioth is the same. If you have him in your deck, you want to be ahead in a lane before you play him. Uh, that might not always be the case, right? Stopping a combo in that lane might be important. But here's what I was thinking, right? I think he might work best in Professor X lists. Like, you scam somebody out of a lane using Storm or Professor X, and then you wait for them to do their turn six combo, and you just smash it to pieces. Like, imagine you're playing against a surfer list. They have their Brood out. They have their, you know, Wong Mystique, and they're about to play their crazy Ironheart... um, Silver Surfer play, and you just play Alioth and destroy it before the cards go off. I could, like, that, to me, has legitimate value. So, I think I'm gonna get a... I, I might be proven wrong, but I think he, that he might be a 9 for me. Like, I'm excited for all the cards this season. I'm excited to play around with them. I think Alioth is gonna stick around. I really think he is. Um, having the ability to shut down a turn 6 play in its entirety is very, very strong. And as you mentioned, he's going to be even better in lists um, that uh, that use ramp. Uh, 
Like, I'm almost, I'm almost imagining him in a leader deck. Like, you play Alioth um, after wave to... It, it'll be a guess, but if you destroy that card, that is extremely powerful. And then playing leader in, a, in that same list means you're you're copying the power. I just think that, you know, his maximum potential is yet to be determined. I think it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, so, uh, let's move on to Mobius M. Mobius. Uh, if you remember... I'm really excited about this card. I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's a 2-3 with the ongoing. Your costs can't be increased, and your opponent's costs can't be reduced. This is a one-stop shop to prevent bullshit locations from ruining your combo. Say goodbye to Iceman, Wave, all of these cards that are going to mess up your game plan. I, I like... If you if you just hate disruption, you're putting this guy in every single one of your decks. What do you think about him? I agree. <laughs> to yep. be honest, yep. um, honestly, two three stat lines not bad, and especially for what he does, I think he's going to be phenomenal. Uh, I honestly, I'll probably just run him in most of my decks just because I hate seeing hazmat. <laughs> or not hazmat. Oh, what am I talking about? Uh, Ice man. I mean, yeah, like. <laughs> Like, not only that, but I, I'm curious on how he's going to interact with Spider-Ham. Because Spider, if you re, if you look at Spider-Ham's card, right, the cost and power are always, like, red to indicate that, you know, it's a pig. Does he just make it mm-hmm. so that the pig costs zero every time? Mm-hmm. Is this the ultimate anti-pig card? I don't know. And I'm really excited about it. And uh, one th- interaction that I still haven't figured out yet is whether or not he's going to work with or against Wave. Like... They made that big change to Wave, where she overrides other um, discounts, if you remember. Like, your death is still going to cost four. If you have Zabu out, mm-hmm. your four costs are going to stay at four. I'm just wondering if they're going to make an exception for Mobius. For me personally, I think I, Mobius is going to be a solid eight. I yeah, think he's going to be in a I lot of decks. I an eight, too. I think yeah. he is. I, I, I think he's also one of those cards that you're not going to actively understand the value of until you run into those crazy locations you know the ones i'm talking about like icebox or dream Mm -hmm. dimension or any of these cards that really disrupt your hand the peak wait a minute hold on i just had an insane idea Mm -hmm. just going back to loki for a second yeah the ultimate counter to weird world oh interesting think about it right you let them draw from your deck for a bit and then you just take their hand so <laughs> it's so your deck again it's not their hand it's replace your hand with cards from your opponent's oh, starting well, deck. yeah you don't oh from their starting i thought it was swap or was you take what's in their hand i see yeah i think it literally randomly chooses out of the 12 cards in their deck and then gives it to you i see i would like to change my rating <laughs> okay nine out of ten <laughs> okay Wow, that's even impressive. better. Even better. What? 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 what is, what's so? Better. What's so intriguing about that? I'm a psychopath. <laughs> okay, you know I only see this going well. <laughs> all right, epic. Uh, yeah, so Mobius, I'm super excited for. I also love the variants. I'm I'm pretty upset though. I'm pretty upset because I heard that they're locking some Dan Hip variants in Spotlight Caches, and I don't think that's cool. Um, I gotta be honest with you. You know. As a, as a Dan Hip enjoyer, as I think most of us are, I agree. That's not cool. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I hope they change that. If they don't, I'll be really, really sad. Um, that being said, 
Ravona Renslayer is up next. She's a 3-3 with the ongoing Your Cards with One or Less Power Cost One Less to a minimum of one. This is a funky-ass card, dude. <laughs> I'm it actually... It, I'm, it really is. I'm really, really interested to see how good this card is because it, like... Even in the decks where she's good, she's not a started game effect, so you have to draw her before you really get the value there. I don't know, man. I, she's a wild card. I'm going to say a 5 out of 10 for me personally. I don't know the potential of this card yet, but I'm excited to experiment with it. I think she's... The way that I'm envisioning it is she is going to be a Zabu for people that like to run the goblins, um, that like... I mean... I, I mean, I already, I already know that Zabu affects negative, but, you know, like, negative. Um, you want to get your Cerebro out earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get your Mystique out. You want to get your Arnim Zola out early. Oh, wait. You want to get your Iron Man out early. I think we talked about this earlier, too. I think that she's a good backup in a negative deck. Did we talk about that? Uh, we might have. Right? Like, you have a lot of cards in your negative deck that are going to be, like, uh, Ironheart, or, uh, Jubilee, or, um, Mm -hmm. or, um, Iron Man, or, you know, the list continues. Uh, Wolfsbane. I I digress. I think, I think that she's a pretty good backup in those sort of lists, and I think that she can stand on her own. As you said, I actually like your, your description. She's like a Zabu in the decks where she's relevant. Right? Like, if you have a couple of cards in your deck that have, a, uh, you know, a small amount of power, I'm thinking of, like, Cerebro or, like... Um, say Cerebro 3 is going to be even better because... Yeah, actually, that's insane. Because it benefits Mystique and yeah. Cerebro and Iron Man. She also works but, in, um, in Silver Surfer, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're running... Uh, not, she doesn't benefit Wong, but she does benefit Mystique. Um, and she benefits uh, Wolfsbane, and she benefits um, Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I'm interested to see what she's going to look like in Destroy decks. Mm. Because the Arnim Zola, the Null, Ooh. and I mean, even to a degree, Taskmaster, being able to play those sooner. Yeah. I, that's, yeah. That's a lot of good potential. The more that you're explaining this, I I actually really love your description. I think, yeah, it's going to be like a new Zabu, right? You just throw Ravona in uh, whenever you have these cards, and you can play more of those cards more often. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Turn four I'm, Hobgoblin, baby. Turn four Hobgoblins. <laughs> oh, my God. Hobgoblin. Galactus. Oh, no. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. That's going to be really bad. Um no one's ever been hurt by Galactus. No one. No Anyways, now that I'm done lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the uh, that's Loki season. I'm Dude, I'm so excited for this season. I talked about it before. It's, ju- it's going to be so cool. All of these are super unique cards. Um, I think that we're going to have some new archetypes, perhaps. And we, I mean, Alioth just seems like a catch-all card. I feel like he's going to be really, really good across the board. Same with Mobius. And then Ravona and Loki are just deck-building challenges, and I love those. Um, so yeah, super, super awesome. Um, uh, next up, uh, we, we wanted to talk about the OTA changes that happened on the 17th of this month. And, um... I think one of these cards I'm seeing all over the place, and the other two, still not seeing. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with the the biggest one, in my opinion, Forge. 
Of course. Yes, so Forge was a 2-1 that gave the next card you play plus 2 power, and honestly, I think that he was underrated. I used him a couple of, you know, like, my my Deadpool deck and, and such, but his change is important here. The next card you play gets plus three power. So he is essentially a 2-4 with an upside, uh, which is very strong. Um, the the deck that I'm seeing right now that's like a, basically its own archetype is um, Forge into Brood into Absorbing Man with some like board buffs like Blue Marvel or Wong Ironheart or whatever. It's just a huge amount of power for very, very little investment. Um, uh, have you seen this card around? Do you use him? Oh, I use Forge a ton. Here, l- let me let me pull up my the list that I've been terrorizing people with. Where is it? Ah, yes, yes, I hate you is the name of it. Mm. Um, it is it is a <clears throat> it is a Wong Mystique Forge, and then so you play Wong on four. Then you play Mystique Forge on um, on five. Then you play Odin on six, and then you throw down Yellow Jacket with Odin on turn six and make the world's biggest Yellow Jacket. <laughs> the fact that you're bringing back the the <laughs> the Yellow Jacket list is hilarious because I actually remember seeing a list not too long ago that had a very similar play, but you're, I mean, it's even better now, right? Because of Forge. Um, And and I have Dan Hip Wasp on there too. And mm -hmm. admittedly, I also have magic to extend to turn seven if I need to. And if I can get magic out, then there's always Galactus. Yeah. You know, I, dude, this card is insane. Just what, what more can you say about it? It's, it's, it's it's, it's a just... two four with an upside, and of course the decks you're going to use him in are going to boost that power. He's better in move decks. He's better in destroy decks. Hell, he's better in orca lists because now you can make your orca a uh, nineteen power. <laughs> like he's just like there is no downside to forge. Yeah, there, I I really just don't think that there's a single downside. Yeah. And <sighs> I'm a hipster, so I haven't been using him my in my death strike list yet, but. I totally should. I There's like, especially, uh, and we'll talk about her change later on, but I mean, come on. What What is there more to say? Forge is great. He's really relevant in the game right now, and I think that's awesome. Um, so that leaves us with two other changes here. Shauna. Shauna was moved from a 4-4 to a 3-2, and nobody plays her. I have run into two Shaunas. And I think both times they pulled out X-23, but they weren't playing a Destroy deck, so there was, uh... Honestly, I think that's probably the biggest use of Shauna I can think of, is having essentially a slightly better Squirrel Girl for you to kill Monger. <laughs> you know what's the worst part about that, though? You know it's who true. does that job better? Squirrel Girl. Debris. True, because she gives you four instead of three. Yeah. I mean, Debris she's just also a three-three, right? Uh, she's a three-three. So, oh, a three-three. Okay. She has one more power than Shauna. She's not giving you like a bullshit, um, you know, like a, a random uh, ghost or something. It, debris is going to give you rocks if you want to use the disruption. You can. If you don't, you get you get Killmonger. Um, yeah, man. I just, I've 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 been cooking up a list. It, it's been in. It's been on the stove for a while with you know Dazzler, Shauna, Doom, those sort of things. 
I just it's it's hard right now because the the game isn't really built around filling your board. You're just not getting as many benefits as you are with like a Shuri play. Um, so it's pretty rough. I I I feel for Shanna, and she you know say and we could talk about how good she is all day. I will say if you're just looking to have a little bit of fun, I think that she's a fun card. I think people are sleeping on that part. Um, I think that she has a lot of the same appeal as, like, Agent 13 or Agent Coulson or those cards that give you randomness. But I don't know, man. I, I just don't think that she has a place right now. Especially because, you know, Mysterio is unique in his effect that he says play cards to this, these locations, right? So, like, you compare him with Bishop or Hitmonkey and he's pretty good. Shauna doesn't work that way. And I almost wish that she did. I feel like she would actually see play then. You know, that's not something I had thought about, but I definitely think that she would be better if she played, like, Mysterio or something. Right? I, is that too crazy of a change? Would that make her busted? I don't know. Maybe in that case you could revert her back to the 4-4. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, that being said, we can move on to Crystal. I actually, I don't hate this change. Uh, she was moved from a 4-4 to a 3-3. She draws a card for you and your opponent. What do you think? So I have been using Crystal more... <laughs> But I've also been playing a lot of decks where you just want more draw. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for what she is, she's solid. And I don't think that there's... I don't think that it was a bad change by any means. It's nice that she's a 3-3 just because you're using her to just get draw. So getting draw earlier is nice. Um, I just wish that she was a bit better i mean i don't think it would have been that big of a deal if they changed it to where only you draw because the downside is that you're giving an opponent you're or you're also giving an opponent draw yeah ah but other than that i mean i just i don't know i think she's just fine but she could obviously be better yeah i think that she dumpsters adam warlock and that's really all i have to say <laughs> like why would you ever play adam warlock when you can have a 3-3 crystal you know what i mean it's it's one more power, you guarantee the draw, and uh, you don't have to work for it. So, yeah. I, I will say, I have used Adam Warlock in a couple of lists that I really like, um, but it's hard to squeeze him in. It really is. Like, sure, you could draw multiple of your cards every turn, but I actually prefer Jubilee because she plays the card too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, those were the OTA changes for the 17th, and I think... Our next topic is going to be a big one. Um, I'm just going to say it, man. PC launch is pretty freaking epic. It's pretty Omega Pog, as some people might say. Uh, I love it. I love this. I love the PC client. Um, I think there's a, a couple of things that I want to criticize. Um, uh, but let's just talk about it, man. The PC launch was sort of announced out of nowhere. I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> like that's, uh, that's true. I was I was watching GamesCon. Yep. And I was like, is is that who I think it is coming on stage? Yeah. And sure enough, he walked up there and they played the Marvel Snap trailer, and I was like, okay, we're getting a trailer. Which like, is, is amazing. This a PC launch? Oh, it was in a phenomenal trailer. The animation was insane. My boy Ghost Rider got some freaking love in this one, dude. It is so good. Yeah. Oh, but continue. Uh, and I was like, so is this is this the PC launch? And it was the PC launch. And I I immediately clicked onto Steam, updated, and overall, it has its flaws. Really. I love the PC 
edition. I think it's great. And I would I even can finally see my cards in high res. I would even venture to say it is the best way to play the game. Um, I, I would undoubtedly say it is the best way to play the game. The collection screen is amazing. It is incredible. I love the new collection screen. I love all the options that you have for sorting cards. I also um, really like how big the board feels now. It, it, there is some empty space, and I think that they could maybe move around the cube and things, but I think it, it works extremely well. If anything, it's, you know, uh, the, the biggest, like, complaints that I would have is that a couple of the menus just look like they were ported from the old client. Like, they're still in that portrait view mm-hmm. in the center of the screen. But for the modes that they did change, like, the, I love the main screen. I think the main screen looks pretty incredible. And the, you know, the collection screen is amazing. And, yeah, I, 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 su- I super, super enjoy it. Um, uh, do you have any particular criticisms that I may not have listed? For me, I think... The biggest, like, real biggest criticisms I have are a few of the menus that are still obviously just ported mobile menus, but I hope that, you know, they'll fix those in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I feel like that they just wanted to get the PC launch out, which I respect because overall it is really nice. Um, I can't really think of anything that's inherently wrong other than it i don't think there's a tab where i can just sort by like i just want to see only my variants um Mm. okay which is a thing but i mean that's that's just really small um and i don't even know if this is a pc client thing but i would like to have more decks oh yeah a lot of them i'll I'll agree with you on that i think that's an ever-present problem in most card games (laughs) um but overall very nice i like it like it a lot and i hope that they i mean honestly if they just iron out the weird phone port displays i think it'll be amazing phenomenal yeah no i i agree with you uh i've also heard a couple of people mention that maybe they could do something similar to hearthstone with the big screen and have like interactables while you're like waiting for somebody else's turn and that's that is that is not a criticism. That's just a suggestion. I you know I, I feel like there's so much space there. It'd be visually interesting to see new stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I dude, the PC launch I think was a success. I think I personally I have some some of my favorite streamers that hadn't played the game before get sponsored to play Marvel Snap, and then they kept they kept playing it after, which is a a, a phenomenal you know uh, 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 compliment to Marvel Snap's pulling power uh shout out to voxy who uh i personally love watching she she's she's on the marvel snap grind right now and it's very it's very fun to see um so yeah uh pc launch absolute success i'm i'm really excited to see what they do with the um the things in the future and uh yeah i think i think i think that's it um uh, for the PC launch, I would also like to say uh, there was a couple of crazy uh, Twitch events that went on. I think I missed out on them. There was like a Twitch Rivals thing. There was obviously Gamescom, and uh, there was also SnapCon that happened um, uh, fairly recently. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, it was hosted by Felicity, who is a popular streamer, and uh, people all over the the Snap 
universe uh went to florida and they they had a great time i heard it was a really cool experience so yeah a lot of, a lot of community events i'm 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 really stoked and with community events uh we can talk about the the twitch drops um that came out this was also sort of just dropped in um uh the the first twitch drop that happened was the max uh greek spider-man and it gave you, you know, the variant for, for Spider-Man, but also gave you an avatar, some boosters, and um, if you already owned the variant, you got gold instead. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, and then, of course, the uh, the other drops that happened were for a limited time, but it affected all streams of Marvel Snap, including mine, which was really awesome to see. Uh, there was a Nightcrawler one, a Moon Girl one, um, uh... And there was another one. Um, um, it was Sunspot. Sunspot, yes, that's right. Uh, wh- what do you think about the Twitch I drops? I tragically did not get. I think the Twitch drops are amazing. I think that Twitch drops, when they're things like cosmetics and you know stuff like that, and as long as and uh, I guess when they have as much like love put into them as these ones do, like these variants do, mm-hmm. I just I think there's no downside at all. And, like, especially since, like, you're getting credits with them. Like, I'm pretty sure each one gave you 35 credits, um, a title, an avatar, a variant. Or, no, it gave you 35 boosters, sorry, 200 credits, a title, an avatar, and a variant. Mm-hmm. And in six hours, you got all of them. Yeah. Which is just insanely good. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a slam dunk. I mean, you and I have talked about sort of the... I don't know, like, the punishing nature of the economy right now, especially if you're a casual player. But this was, I mean, an absolute success. What more can you say? It's free stuff. <laughs> and the variants were high quality. I, I think it was a really good uh, really good choice on their part. Would you like to hear my current uh, economic situation in the game? Uh, sure, yeah, lay it on me. I have one gold and zero credits. Yikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Looks like... Uh, do you have any daily missions? Um I will tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, yep, that's oh, Marvel Snap. Um, and one quick thing that we forgot to mention uh, about oh, the sure. PC launch yeah. is the Devil Dino mech variant oh, yeah. that came out and the yeah. boosters and the week of daily logins that we had, or login rewards that we had. Yes, the login rewards. Really nice. Thank you for reminding me about those. You're totally right. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll list them out here. Um, I think... Um, I think it was 200 gold, you got some Devil Dino boosters, you got the avatar for Devil Dino, the mech one, Uh, you got some credits, some gold conquest tickets, which I don't really care about, Uh, 300 gold, and then a premium mystery variant, which I, dude, I got, I got Dan Hip Dazzler, which I was super happy about, Um, so yeah, uh, really, uh, just an absolute slam dunk, especially especially because anybody who joined the game during this time automatically got the uh, Mech Devil Dino, which was super awesome. Mm-hmm. It was super-duper cool. I know my one of my uncle's friends. Um, he's played a few card games in the past, um, but he started playing, and he he noticed that I, had, that I was playing it, and he asked me if I wanted to play a few games. And first game, he dropped the Mech Dino, and I was like, ah... I see. Um, the premium <laughs> yeah. variant I got from it was this sick Ultron variant, which I need to 
play more Ultron so I can grind out stuff for him. But it's the Rocky Kim variant. Um, let, me, um, let me look that one it's, up. It's the one where he's like, his arms are up and he has like six arms and he's all bulked out and he's got red glowing spots oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah, I see it now. Holy moly. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, that I need to awesome. play more Ultron. Yeah, man. Uh, well, if you're looking for a deck guide, you can go to my YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> no, Ultron. Ultron is super this cool. Guy. I'm glad that you got the variant. Um, yeah, I, I, dude, super awesome. Uh, this was honestly, it felt like we finally got some love. It, we've been, we've been yeah. like battling with our our parents' company uh, for for this long, and we finally got a little bit of wiggle room. This was the birthday party uh, special. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so, uh, and last but not least, um, before we, you know, start uh, uh, closing things out, um, I did want to talk about uh, the OTA changes for uh, today. They happened very recently. They did. It, um, I didn't know that they happened until I was playing this morning, and I saw my doom, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I went through the changes. <laughs> Um, and we can go a little bit more in depth on this because um, uh, I think I, I'm personally curious to see their reasoning. I haven't read that yet. I just know the number changes. So <clears throat> let's start with Dr. Doom. Uh, he was a 6-5 that added four power Doombots to other locations. But now the Doombots have been added back up to five. So uh, the, the devs say here, in hindsight, the timing for our previous nerf to Dr. Doom wasn't ideal. While he was dominating, we had Spider-Ham coming... Uh, with an elbow from the top rope, and move decks were on the rise, so his stock was already going to dip. In the weeks since, the metagame has shifted further, with Professor X becoming a lockdown favorite once again, and Captain Marvel challenging locations left and right. We're confident Doom deserves at least a return to his former glory in order to compete. I have no complaints. I don't, I don't think anybody was asking for Doom to be nerfed. I think that he's a pretty fair card, all things considered. Mm-hmm. I have no issues at all with the Doctor Doom change. I think it's solid. They're making an already not broken, but just really solid 15 power, or what was he before, uh, 13 power to distribute across the board. Now yeah. 15 power to distribute across the board. And I just, I love it. I mean, I, I'm a big Doctor Doom fan just in general. So, you know, more reason for me to run Doctor Doom is always nice. Yeah, and I feel like... Um... There's been a lot of discussion over, like, what is the best six drop? And it's been consistently Magneto, right? Because three and four costs are just so prevalent. Um, uh, I think you could argue Dr. Doom, maybe. Like, especially if you um, if you, if you just need a solid finisher, you're already ahead and you just need to fill up some locations. Dr. Doom is your man. Um, Sorry, Agatha, all the way. <laughs> Agatha, best six drop. Believe me, bro. I've made like, six I, I, I actually got the title playing Agatha earlier this week. that's that is hilarious i look man i need to make an agatha list i would honestly play more agatha for funsies if she didn't steal all the goddamn boosters <laughs> and she just sucks them all up but uh anyway uh we can talk about uh the next change which is captain marvel i i don't know man i don't like this change i get it but i don't like it let's see what they have to say about it so she was a four five but now she's a four four 
So, moving Carol from 5.6 to 4.5 shook some things up, and the change wound up coming a little hotter than we hoped for. For the last week, Captain Marvel has been one of the best-performing cards in our two best-performing decks, traditional Zabuhawk and the new Angela Craven-based move deck. While we know that there's movement in the metagame and a few new decks surging to combat those two... They were already strong decks. They didn't need this to shine. We're going to cool Carol off for a minute to let the metagame breathe before evaluating where her happiest home would be if it's not four. I, dude, I think this killed the card. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I am not the biggest fan of the change, but I will say in their description, they seem very open to... The idea that if she is underperforming, they'll bump her back up. But at the end mm. of the day, I really don't like the change. But then again, I'm also not running the Angela Craven or Zabu Hawk because I don't have Dark Hawk. <laughs> so see, I have Dark Hawk. I'm just a hipster. I know you can tell me. Look, well, okay, okay. I like Dark Hawk, but I think Dark Hawk got nerfed decently with another adjustment in this patch. Oh yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. So let's move on then. Um, we'll 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 get further down the list here. Um, let's talk about Legion. So everybody who was playing this game was like, Legion's going to be a fun card. He's going to be okay. But in, in reality, he ended up being one of the best cards in the game. He shuts down magic lanes. He gives you the ability to stop storm lanes. He gives you the ability to, you know, pick locations that benefit you and hurt your opponent. Turn six, you can throw him down on death's domain and destroy all your opponent's cards. I mean, the possibilities are endless, and I don't think we realize that. So, he was moved from a 5.8 to a 5.7, a very light nerf. Let's see what they have to say about it. Speaking of coming in hot, we were worried players might underestimate Legion, so we gave him a late internal buff from 5.7 to 5.8 for some extra oomph to ensure that he put on a show for everyone. Seems kind of silly now, though, doesn't it? Legion has consistently appeared in a variety of strong decks, has been one of our top performing cards for a few weeks. That's been fun, and he's added some fresh dynamics to existing matchups that were truly unique. However, he also disrupts some of the diversity we rely upon location variants to create within the metagame, so we're going to take that extra edge off. I still think that he's going to be played. 5-7 is respectable. Well, I was say, I still think he's... Uh, when I was looking at the changes, I think I summed up the changes as... Um, two of them were good changes. One of them was a change that I was eh, and then one I didn't like. Well, this was one that's kind of eh. I, I don't think it's going to change really too much because you're not throwing down Legion for his power. You're throwing him down for his ability. Um, but with that said, to to quote uh, a mighty cloud that I know, I'm a bit of a Legion hipster. I like to throw down Legion on, oh, what is it, Elysium? Mm, okay. <laughs> to have pretty much free cards for everybody. I But, you know... The potential for Legion is just limitless. Yeah, I think that he's so, just so strong. So, yeah, I I don't I, think it's going to change too much. I'm glad that they're they're thinking about it though. And I mean, you start looking at like what would happen if they nerfed him to a five five. I still think that he would be played, which is crazy to say. Um, I think if they made him a five four, he would still be played. Damn, I don't I don't know about a five four. That is a huge tempo loss, but maybe. Um, uh, so, uh, but with that being said, um, we can talk about Rock Slide now. This is what we were alluding to earlier. So, <clears throat> uh, Rock Slide has been moved from a 4-5 to a 3-3. Three, three. 
So let's see what the devs have to say about this. Here we go again. We know, we know, Darkhawk's a star here. While he's out front signing autographs, Rockslide's loading the van with rocks. It's not a perfect metaphor, but somebody has to do the dirty work. However, this isn't just a small nerf to the Zabu Darkhawk deck, although that is its primary purpose. We're trying to keep power focused in Darkhawk if possible, as he's the appealing build-around element. We're curious to explore what the world looks like when we can reduce Darkhawk's reliance on Zabu, since it prevents both cards from appearing in a wider range of archetypes when the combination is so strong. Slotting Rockslide between Korg or Black Widow and Darkhawk might help that happen, it also might not. Maybe this goal is even doomed. Let's take a step forward, finding out. So, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Poor Rockslide. I think, I think he's still good, and I even think that this change isn't going to kill the cards because, again, they do make a point. You're, the point of putting Rockslide in the deck is to make your Darkhawk bigger. Period. End of story. It was just an added benefit that he was a four-five. So. I don't know. I think I think it's a good change in the sense of I think that it's going to like they said the dark hawk is going to be the big player um in the deck. Mhm. And rock slide being a 4/5 it was just what is is it two power per card in your enemy's deck for dark hawk? Yes. Yeah. So he was effectively what a 4 a four nine. Yep. With Darkhawk down, so I think it's for the better because even though you know he is still putting power in another lane, it's not as much power, so it's easier for you to overtake the lanes that Darkhawk isn't in, which gives you a better edge against Darkhawk. And here's something that I haven't heard people saying. I think that they're right. I think Zabu might not be necessary in the deck anymore, and that might be blasphemous to say. But here's the thing, right? All you need is Darkhawk down on turn five. Uh, turn six, you do Mystique and Rockslide. They're both three costs now. Turn six, you can play Rockslide with Mystique, no Zabu required. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Black Widow is the play. I, it's always been suggested in Darkhawk lists. It's just there hasn't been really a reason to when, when Zabu is the main, you know, appeal there. But, hey, Korg... Black Widow and Rockslide are also a really good curve right now. It's a one, two, three. What a line. I, I don't know, man. It's something to think about. It's something to think about. Um, and I, Honestly, this might make me try a Darkhawk deck. I'm a little curious to see if the Black Widow does anything. You know you want to. Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. So, the last change here, and this Take it is away. obviously... This is this is for me. This is just for me. They talked to me. They discussed it. I was on the phone with Ben Broad, and I was like, "Hey, Bo. Hey, Boo. I I really like Lady Deathstrike, but she could just use she could just use a little a little power bump, right? And you know what? They delivered. So uh, she was a five three. She's now a five four. And let's see what they have to say about it. Uh, while we were willing to take a chance missing too high on Legion, the same wasn't true of Lady Deathstrike. The difference is stark. If Legion is in the best deck, games might get a little wacky, but if Lady Deathstrike is in the best deck, games might be super frustrating. However, we still want her to land on solid ground, and it's become clear that she could use a little help. We're going to try this buff for for size, and if it doesn't work, we will evaluate a more significant change. I think that this is perfect. I think as a 5-4... Uh, she works even better in the deck that I like, and uh, especially uh, better in the decks um, that 
really counter some of the the best decks in the game right now, right? You can put um, uh, Forge on Lady Deathstrike and get rid of Brood Lanes before they get buffed. That's pretty huge. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. having the ability to shut that down is super important. Um, I think that she's going to see more play. I'm personally having a blast with her in my deck. Um, I still have a positive win rate on the, the Valkyrie Lady Deathstrike list, and uh, I'll be interested to see if uh, some more creative stuff comes out. Um, so yeah, those those are all the OTA changes. Um, what, would you, what would you think overall? Do you think that they, they targeted some stuff that was annoying? Do you think they missed the mark? I think they targeted... I mean, I... I don't run into that many Darkhawk decks, which I feel like realistically is the biggest nerf that really happened. Mm. But I don't know. I I think they're all just kind of middle of the road changes for the most part. None of them are necessarily too crazy, I feel. So I'm fine with it. I mean, and I'll, I'll say this. I personally believe that a card game, it, it's a, it's a tough balance. I love seeing buffs more than I like seeing nerfs. Um, You know what I would have loved to see? Because I think Mm. this has been... I don't think it's just a me thing. I think this is a pretty consistent thing. There are some cards in this game that just don't get any love. I'm looking at Punisher. I'm looking at Captain America. Looking at Donmo, right? All these cards that, you know, maybe they're doomed to stay bad forever. And maybe that's where they're supposed to be. Um, But I believe in a world, Daka... I believe in a world where these cards can be played, they can be good, and they don't always have to be the second-rate option. Uh, and I'd love to see some changes for that. I think that these these changes are fine. I'm a huge fan of the Lady Deathstrike and Doctor Doom buff. I really don't like the Captain Marvel buff, but she is very prevalent in the metagame, so maybe we'll give it a minute. And, uh, yeah, I, I think overall, the game is in a really good spot. I, I, from the discussion I've seen online, the meta is never in, like, distress, uh, I know you weren't there for it, but the leader meta and the Shuri meta were awful. Awful times to be a Marvel Snap player. And they were a little bit slower to make drastic changes, and I feel like they're much quicker about it because of the OTAs right now. Um, so yeah, overall, really cool patch. Really cool season, and I'm excited to see what happens in the Loki season. I'm so excited to try cards. Um, yeah, before we close uh, this podcast out... Uh, anything else to say? You know what, Kier? I have one collector's cash, and I'm going to open it right now, and we will see what it gives me. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Boom. Oh. <laughs> What'd you get? I got a variant. Ooh? Can you guess what variant? Oh, uh, no, I accidentally closed the uh, collection. Is it a pixel? No. Damn. I got Steampunk Infinite. Hell yes! Hell yes! Let's go! I do, that is my favorite variant. On I have it on Infinite right now. My boy, welcome to the club. I'm giving you a virtual handshake right now. Congratulations. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh Good my gosh. Happy to be here. Hilarious. All right, that, I think that's a perfect place to end off the, the podcast. So thank you so much for listening if you decided to listen. Uh, again, we are going to switch to a monthly schedule, so you can expect big episodes at the end of the month. And with that being said... If there's one thing that you can remember, it's that we're infinite. Bye-bye.